0: Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are on the planet and whatever time you're listening to my latest episode from the Oliver Shira show. And I'm Oliver, your host. Welcome back to anyone who has been listening to me before and welcome to everyone who's new. What can you expect? I'm doing this show since 2019, almost two years, and I've been interviewing people from all around the world with all kinds of backgrounds, industrial knowledge um crisscross I interview people on the topics of creativity, innovation, intuition, personal growth, and I love to pack the whole thing with stories from them and as well <laughs> creative questions. Now today we are having Martin Soler on the other side of the microphone. Yes, Martin Zoller came to my attention while watching some YouTube videos. I reached out to him and found out that he grew up in my neighborhood in Basel, Switzerland. Martin Soller is an internationally acclaimed psychic, seer and remote viewer. He rose to fame in 1999 when he used his intuitive skills to find a missing airplane. No one else could find it and this was in the jungles of Bolivia. We get to it in the interview where he explains how he did that. More recently, he's very um, asked for for his visions for Europe and the Middle East for obvious reasons. Martin Toll has also been helping uh, to profile and resolve kidnappings and other acts of crime and was therefore called upon by the media and law enforcement to solve those cases. Through his predictions um, and visions, he's published all around the world and he's invited in several podcast tv shows (laughs) youtube channels and radio shows around the world as well he speaks several languages like me he's been traveling all around the world and he's also known actually to read auras we get into all of those things Uh, we we talk uh, about his path to to uncover his intuition, um, his tips how to be more intuitive. We talk about colors, we talk about auras, <laughs> energies um, and his latest book, uh, which is in process. But why should I tell you what we've talked about when you can listen to the interview yourself? So without any further ado, welcome Martin Zoller. To our latest episode. Welcome. We made it. It works. I can record. (laughs) I'm sitting here with Martin Soller, which I found over the YouTube channels Mystica uh, TV, especially, and I got really intrigued. We come from the same city. We are actually grew up next doors, a few kilometers apart, and Martin, you're a psychic, a seer. You've been around the world uh, a lot in the South Americas and now in the end of 2020 you came up with a new book on intuition and my podcast is generally around creativity, innovation and also a little bit lately spirituality and mysticism so welcome to the show.
1: Oliver hi, thank you very much, nice for having me and of course also um, warm greetings to your audience. Thank you.
0: I normally start um, introducing the host with some different questions and let's start. Three things you would describe yourself, your strength.
1: Well, um, I would say, first of all, very, very intuitive, which is also my gift or talent. That's why for 25 years and even more, I'm working, living my, 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 let's say, life mission, working with the power of my intuition. Mm-hmm. So definitely one of my strengths is my intuition. And um, I think another one, patience as well, because if you work with different people from different cultures, different ages, different social background. And, and if you're traveling a lot, as I do, you need a lot of patience because things are not always going exactly the way you think. Uh, it should go or it should be. And the third one, I think uh, I'm quite adaptable. Um, when I'm getting to a new place or work in a new country or live in a new country, it's normally... Not so difficult for me to adapt to the new culture, to the new food, and to the people. I have been living in in Central Asia, in the Middle East. Um, I was working in Africa, in the Far East. And I lived for like more than twenty years since I was in South and Central America, of course, in Europe and the U.S. So um, by that, because of that, I realized that if you want to have a good life and if if you want to be if you want to be successful in what you do you need to be able to adapt yourself especially to different languages and cultures so i think this also became one of my strengths
0: wow now there's a a ton of questions just because of that intro uh how many languages do you
1: speak um (laughs) German, <laughs> high German, French, English, Spanish. And I I spoke pretty good Portuguese because I was working and living in Brazil. This is like now pro, around 15 years ago. And um, I understand it. I don't speak it so much. And I lived uh, in the Middle East, in, 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 in Lebanon and in Israel. So I don't speak, but I understand a couple of words in Arabic and in Hebrew.
0: Okay, yeah, especially because he said Africa and China, and Middle East. I was like, okay, uh, how do you uh, go through the life there? Uh, I know what you, you were born in Paris, so you probably grew up with French uh, as a child.
1: No, um, my father was working in Paris when I grew up. We lived there only the first year or so, a little bit less than the first year. So I was there only a baby. And already my, my first birthday, I think I said se- we celebrated back in Switzerland, French I learned of course in school and then when I traveled around and when I lived in Beirut, Beirut is French speaking or at least parts of Beirut are French speaking because the Lebanon was a French colony. So I lived in a Francophone neighborhood. And this was interesting because you're in the middle of, the, in, the, in the middle of, let's say you're in the Middle East, <laughs> in the middle of Beirut. And, and you feel like in Marseille because you or Paris almost because you enter a restaurant and people talk to you in French and in the people they, in the street, they speak in French. So you don't have this feeling of being in the Middle East. And this is also why actually Lebanon was called the Paris of the Middle East before the, the big civil war started at the end of
0: the 70s and 80s okay yeah my, my wife is Romanian so Bucharest also tried to copy Paris so it's uh, that was also connected there wow uh, another thing I had a lot of talks lately when you speak a different language are you for me personally I have the feeling I'm a bit different as a person I can see that with French I studied in Lausanne um, with Danish as well English or Swiss German I feel like I do not know I I feel different
1: it's funny that you say that because the same I I observed about myself as well speaking french or spanish or english or swiss I'm not I it feels different sometimes and the the, the identification is not always the same and what I realized for me um for example when I speak latin languages such as french or spanish it's much easier to get in an emotional vocabulary rather than with German, for example, because the Germans are not very emotional. It's more like intellectual and ja und nein und überhaupt. So it's not so so yes and no. So it's not so an emotional language. And I realized that when I talk, um, for example, it's much easier for me to be strict and tough with German or Swiss German than with, with Spanish. <laughs> Right. But I guess it also has to do with the culture, because if you're in South America, everything is more like relaxed and easygoing and manana, manana. So toughness is not necessarily, especially in daily life, something which is too integrated in culture. Everything is more easygoing. So I think, yes, it's uh, But yes, you're right. It's it's interesting to observe yourself, how you behave in those different languages and how you feel different and what i also realized when i'm a couple of weeks or let's say after one two months in a country in which i speak the language good i also the dreams start to adopt those languages sometimes as well so it's it's really interesting to observe yourself with different languages and how you you change as well the way with the different languages even with the with the dressing the way you dress, Um, like for example, in the Middle East, you can dress yourself, especially in Beirut, much more fancy and uh, extravagant and uh, much more than in Berlin or London, which is more understatement and more like not so much the fashion world. So even by traveling to different places, it's interesting how you can play around with yourself, not only with the languages and the way you feel, but also the way you dress and this i mean you you your podcasts are a lot about art and creativity and for me sometimes i see myself as as a human being uh, as a, as a as an art object like my body as well like by i can wear different and i'm having different earrings and the clothes i'm wearing and i also like to play with clothes and i use clothes a lot to express my personality and even my emotional state and then, of course, I love it to be in different cultures to see how people dress there, and then bring my clothes in and mix it a little bit and play around. So, um tra- traveling is also a very interesting place uh, or uh, way or opportunity to play on you and to learn and to, as I, yeah, to use your to 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 implement yourself as an, an object of art. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can just see. I, I forgot you have. I have three earrings on. Uh... each side you also have i i I saw sometimes on some of the pictures that you have really nice watches
1: and rings and uh Mm -hmm. yes yeah this also changes like now on on my left ear i have three rings and uh, on the right side one and this is new before that for for two years or three years i only had one and one and a couple of days ago i was like okay i just felt it and then i put it on the other two on the other hand as you can see right now i don't wear rings so this is like, as I said, this is part of this game of the of the expression. Sometimes it's like this and that. And I see you have a nice crystal there. Yes. Wow. Actually, it yes. has a nice color, a nice aura. And there is something inside, no?
0: Yes. Uh, my sister sent it for my, for my, for Christmas. It has actually, I don't know if you can see that. It has a bronze or other ring inside. It's a it black doesn't. stone, which apparently Napoleon used when mm. they went to Moscow. To clean the water and make sure that the energy for his soldiers is good
1: yeah it is definitely the the hang, uh, the the talisman uh he has a different or what you're wearing has a very strong and good energy <laughs> oh
0: thank you uh I sometimes can feel it uh yeah i mean we we before we started, I explained a bit to Martin where I come from um but I've always been interested in stones um. But let's not go there now. We probably can come back. We can have a whole day discussion here, I'm sure, because I have so many questions and I can see you're going with them. And I love this way that you talk about, you know, being in a different place, be dressed different, talk different, feel different. Uh, A lot in the spiritual world or the mystical world, we talk about love and beyond, you know, the, the frequencies like Jesus and these people had a very, very high frequency now, when you say you can play with your emotions and your body as an art piece, when you when you have a low frequency, are you then going and dress yourself different to get a different emotion or what will you do?
1: Well, I would not necessarily say low frequency, probably a different or different emotions. Um I think, yes, I mean, there are, it's not necessarily with uh, low and high energies. It's more, I think it's more about emotions and perception. For example, um, black for me is a color which protects me. So if I am, uh, if I'm going somewhere and I feel that there are a lot of people and um, I feel a little bit weak or I'm a little bit, stressed out or a little bit worried or a little bit sad whatever I dress black or if I know that I'm that I meet a lot of that I meet people who are very powerful and which who can be very like even energetically um, impulsive I dress black to protect myself better now on the other hand I also like the color black I like to be dressed not only because of that but I also like the simplicity of black so i sometimes also use black just because i like it and for aesthetic point of view and then on the other side i also have colorful closes because sometimes one morning i might get up sometimes And then I go to my uh, uh, closet and I open it and I just look on the colors I have and I pick this and that, and I put it together and then it's completely colorful. So, and the same with the the rings or the jewelries. Sometimes I, I do it by purpose, as I said, because for example, I know, okay, now I need to protect myself. So I put black or now it's sunny, I put light clothes. Or sometimes I I don't go with the emotions, but I go with the visual fitting and I stand in front of the closet and I see, wow, okay, let's put this. I haven't, didn't wear it for a long time and which colors or which pants are nice with that. And then I put this and uh, those that this or that rings. And so there are different ways of how I play it now. I definitely don't agree you talked about spiritual people and spirituality and spiritual understanding. I don't agree at all uh, on the idea many people have, especially in, in spiritual circles when they think white or light colors are positive and black is negative. I don't this is not my experience and I don't see it at all like that. I understand that this has some these are some concepts intellectual rational mental concept but it's actually energetically spoken completely wrong because there is nothing bad or positive about white or black and vice reverse each colors they have they can reflect both sides each color can black can be negative or positive and white can be negative or positive so it's mainly the perception you have regarding a color if you think white is good and black is negative then it becomes that energy
0: and and you just gave me a very good introduction. In the next, in the another question, I really love. It's the color box. You know, there's like a color box. <laughs> mm-hmm. What color would you be as the new adding to the color, and why? And I had really strange answers, which it's cool. Like one is banana, <laughs> and the other one is glitter, um, or adjusting depending on what you write on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious what you would say here.
1: Well uh, my answer might be very simple now <laughs> i hope your expectation wasn't too high too high but um um green why green because gr- i love nature so when i when i feel weak or sad my best medicine is to go out in nature is to walk on the grass is to walk through the forest is to look at the mountains and the trees and the forests and uh, nature, flowers, and plants to me is the best medicine. Um, so this on one side. On the other side, I'm I, I I see you said as you said right. I'm a psychic here, a clairvoyant. So I'm my speciality is reading auras, and the auras are an energy field in and around the physical body. Which are like a photo, or the aura is like a photography of the soul. So the aura consists of colors, symbols, images, which can be like uh, fixed images, like pictures, or moving images, like films. And each color and symbol and picture has a meaning. So green, for example, which is in the aura, for me means creativity and healing so for me green is really this colors which is to me very inspiring at the same time it's creativity at the same time it's healing so this is for me a very neutral color at the same time a very inspiring and positive color no but
0: that's that's above my expectation what you just shared <laughs> oh,
1: because you gave the example of banana and like this history so i was like okay green is so simple compared to banana
0: <laughs> no no no, but it, it, it's also just to help people to say not to be f- blocked right ah,
1: and, okay
0: right because uh, many people get blocked with answering the right way and um and okay by that try to of course help out and say go with your feeling now You said reading auras and I I did Jeffrey Allen um, duality class where he, one of the days, it's a 30 day or 45 day. I don't remember. He looks and says, look at your aura and the pictures and the pictures, which block your view of how reality is because of your experiences, you will have like, like a filter and how to clean that. And it was very interesting to hear you talking about the aura being, you know, with the colors and the pictures in the moving frames um, how is it if, if if someone is blocked? And I know I'm blocked at the moment, so I have to remove a lot of things. So uh, as a person which listens and says, I have the feeling I'm stuck and I always see the same. Is there anything a person can do to actually remove faulty images to, to be able to be open for, for the future?
1: Yes, um, I mean... Our aura is an energy body, and uh, this energy body is moving through time and space like the physical body. At the same time, in the aura, we have energy spots such like the like the chakras. There are seven main chakras. And if certain aspects in your aura or in your chakras are blocked, you can obviously um, release the blockages, with meditation and internal spiritual or psychological emotional work. Let's say you feel that, uh, for example, your intuition is blocked. That in this case would mean that the third eye is blocked. So what you could do in that sense is meditate, visualize the third eye, sending energies to the third eye and by that opening it and bring it to to motion. Or you go to someone who helps you to read you or who does energy work on you. There are many tools to work on that. The same with the aura. If certain energies or spots in your aura are blocked, you can cleanse them, the blockages with meditations, with aura cleansings. And um, when I'm talking about the aura and chakras, I'm using also the term spiritual anatomy, we have physical anatomy with the physical body, the organs, there are the bones, like everything what makes us as human beings physical body as an as an instrument um, is uh, uh, can be explained with the anatomy and of course, also how which organ works. So the same um, with the spiritual anatomy, the aura and the chakras, and then you have the meridians. So within the energy field of the aura, you also have a whole system which works and functions together. And if you understand that, there are certain techniques to unblock, to open, to cleanse, to release. And if you do that, of course, you distress, you you activate your, your, your aura, your chakras. I want to give a very simple experience. Um, let's say you had an accident and you broke your left arm. What you do is you heal slowly, slowly your left arm. Obviously, by not using your left arm, your muscles get smaller again. So when you're able to use your... But your left arm again, you start to do physical exercises in the gym, so your muscles become stronger. The same with your aura and your ch- or your chakras. Let's say due to, t- due to some trauma or blockages, your third eye is getting blocked. This would be the accident. You realize this, you start to meditate, you start to work a little bit about your third on your third ch- eye, you read about it so you know how it works, what it does, and then you're doing exercises. In the same way you do physical exercises to strengthen the muscles on your left arm, there are meditations to strengthen your chakras. In the case of now, the one we talk about now, it would be your third eye. So you read and learn about meditations to re-strengthen your third eye, to open it, to activate it. And as more you use it, as, as bigger it gets, as stronger it gets. It's like with the physical body. If you, uh, after having, after broken your arm, you start to do push-ups again. Maybe at the beginning, you are able to do 10 push-ups. And as more you do, as more you can do as better you get, as stronger the muscle gets, and maybe after two, three months, you're able to do 100 pushups, 150. And the same is with the chakras. At the beginning, it might be difficult to see something through your third eye, but as more you use it, as more you implement it, as more you trust in it, as more you exercise it, as more you see, as more you're able to use in the same way you're working with your physical muscles.
0: Okay that that's very good so you answer a lot of questions by <clears throat> sharing so that means when you have a blockage somewhere you continuously do that meditation or that belief are you having help if you block somewhere or are you doing everything yourself
1: No no I'm I'm um for example my my girlfriend she does prana healing And she is very powerful and very good. Uh, So she does work on me, of course. If there is something, her name, funny enough, is Martina. So I'm Martin. (laughs) She's Martina. Easy to remember. Um, So um, I'm asked when I feel that there is something, uh, I'm asking her to see where she can feel that there is something. Uh, weak in me and then she sees that she feels it as well she sees it and then she works on me to heal and then i have for example a, a good friend of mine she's a um, uh, she's an astrologer in new york so with her sometimes we did exchanges i have a very good friend uh, his name is bruno he's a healer in switzerland from time to time we we read each other. I read his aura, he reads my energy field. So yes, obviously there are people who help me. It's the same like with a dentist. If you, you might be a very good dentist, but you cannot um fix your own tooth. Uh, you need someone else. Uh, if you're a doctor and you need an operation, you might be a very good uh, doctor, but if you need a hard operation, you need another doctor to do it for you. So, the same is here. You can be very good to help others, but there are certain issues and certain topics and certain moments you need help from outside. Okay. And it's nice, obviously, to exchange and to have help from outside, from people you love and you like and you know you can trust in.
0: Yeah, I was more thinking also when you started explaining. Uh, I had a few coaches on the show and many of them say, when you're a coach yourself, you have one or two or three other coaches to help you as well, because you always have blind spots, um, skills you do not have. So that's very, very nice to hear. Um, If we go on, you you have explained so many things, but I really would like to see if if you have any fun fact or secret. People do not know. I mean, most likely people do not know you which listen to that podcast uh the ones which will go on your youtube channel or your they will know you already but is there anything you're free to
1: share <laughs> um that's a funny and good question um well let me think well, actually, this uh, it, it this is something what not very, it has to do with my childhood and thoughts I sometimes have, <laughs> and it has to do something with creativity and art as well as this is uh, something you cover a lot in your podcast as well. When I was a young boy, I powered and painted teen soldiers, so... <laughs> I I, I heated tin until it was liquid, and then I had this form to to power the the soldiers, and then I painted them, and I did that for hours when I was a little boy. And then I, with with help of shoe boxes and and everything, I built whole. Uh, uh, surroundings uh, to build to build up the battlefield or the, the the road the soldiers walked on, and even now from time to time when when I find myself in stressed mood and uh, in traveling around and in always being busy and being worried about being an adult, I remember this me when I was sitting as this little boy for hours on the floor of my of my room in my in my in my I'm in my parents house and playing there and painting and building these landscapes. And this is something I really think then, like, hmm, I think for myself, how nice would it be just to do a, a time travel to go back in this childhood when I was five, six, seven years or eight years. And I did this for hours and was not worried about anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely going into creativity right we are blocking our you know,
1: story when i cut you i just realized something very funny <laughs> one of the i had some of the soldiers they were french and <laughs> We had the uniform of Napoleon's uh, g- uh, great army, the big army, uh, the, which was the one he went to Moscow, to Russia. So I even built this landscape which looked should have been Russia of the French army when they crossed to Moscow, when they tried to, um, to, to conquer Moscow. And you showed your crystal with the finger ring of Napoleon. So it's funny, there is some connection between that.
0: <laughs> yeah, OK. I- I was thinking that in my subconscious while you talked. Um, So, but now you already started getting a bit into your story. I mean, how did you actually end up being able to, you know, your story is like you found this airplane with the people which no one else could find in Bolivia. And that basically put you on the map and you traveled around the world helping dictators and, and, and police and other people to find lost people or help them. for their strategy in the future but when did you go that path how did you realize Did you as a five six seven eight year old already see the soldiers how they actually lived back then and did you just recreate that or
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's a good question i don't maybe i did you know i never had i never thought i never had that thought but maybe Maybe it was like that. Maybe I, I was there myself as one of those soldiers. Maybe I did some time traveling, astral traveling and remembered unconsciously. Could be for me at that time. It was pure fantasy. Who knows? Might have been more. Um, but um, I mean, when I was a little boy, I saw sometimes colors around people, energies, auras. Okay. Uh, not as strong as the young boy of the movie The Sixth Sense with uh, with uh, Bruce Willis, but kind of similar. And when I was 20, I left Switzerland to learn Spanish in Ecuador. You mentioned you have been in Ecuador as well. So funny enough, <laughs> I went to Ecuador to learn Spanish. And uh, that's when I was like 21, when I started to really get back in track with my inner self. I started... To have suddenly strong visions. I saw spirits, I saw dead people. I I started to get in touch with my inner self. It's almost like my inner self called me and remembered me of what I came to do here on this planet Earth. It brought me back in touch with my inner talent, with my gift, with my vocation, with it, which is the power of the, the, the vision, the power of reading auras. And I went. Uh, to India, off shortly after that, for almost a year to learn in ashrams and monasteries about power of intuition, meditation, psychic abilities. And then back to South America, where I had two teachers, an Argentinian healer, a woman, and an American psychic channeler. With them, I worked for about one and a half years or two, and then I started to work independent, Uh, This was then mid 90s, getting to 99, I found the plane you talked about. This was a missing plane in Bolivia. It was lost for four people. It traveled from the south of Bolivia, Yacuiba, up to Santa Cruz, and then it it disappeared in the middle of nowhere. And after four days, the plane has not been found. I got uh, contacted by family members from one of the passengers, they um, brought me pictures from two or three of the missing passengers. It was a small um, Piper or Chestnut, I don't remember, but it was a small with only five passenger. Uh, On the through the picture, I saw that there was still an aura on the picture. So for me, this was a sign that they were still alive. Later on, a little bit later on, the owner of the plane who was not on board, he rented the plane and he brought me a map And on the map, intuitively, psychically, I spotted a a location where I felt that the plane crashed. And the next morning, several military planes uh, went there to to see if it's true. And yes, they found it exactly where I said. And this was like big news in the... TV newspapers of Bolivia but of different newspapers in South America even CNN Spanish version talked about it and it was also in, in, in a German magazine they wrote about it and I years later I spoke with pilots, they told me that they knew, they knew about me because in their Uh, uh, in their club, like private aviation club, people talked about me as this Swiss psychic who found the plane in the middle of nowhere in Bolivia. This was a big breakthrough, 99. And the second big breakthrough was 2003 and 2005 when I predicted two Gudetas revolutions in Bolivia, which was also, I predicted them in the news before they happened in TV, and this, of course, uh, it, it was another big hammer again. It brought me out there to, to in international media. And then I got called by by diplomats, by by military, by private uh, security companies, by governmental security companies, by, by big corporations, by politicians uh, who hired me for campaigns, political campaigns, or to analyze political outcomes and journalists. And since then, since then, since uh, since the Bolivia coup d'état, my main focus became politics. And since then, I have been working on all major conflicts which happened since then. And this is also why I lived six year in the Middle East. I covered a lot about the uh, Arab Spring and uh, got involved in many political. Um, elections and and strategy analyzing and it's it's uh it, i guess it it, it brought the destiny brought me in that direction but i also was always since i told before about this little hobby i had as, as a child i was always interested in politics and strategies and and uh, when I was a little boy, I, I were, when I was a boy, I also read all of uh, of Plato, the, the Trojan Wars, and about Roman history and Napoleon and the Middle Ages. So I was always interested in politics and in in different cultures and in different time time uh, times.
0: Wow! Yeah, is is there any work you would not take? I mean, when you talk about political work, for me. Now I'm not um, I'm not really interested in politics, but somehow yes, <laughs> you cannot avoid it. But isn't there some work where you say no, this I will not do, or no, I cannot read here, or
1: you know, it uh, in general, politics is a very sensitive level. Of course, it's not the only. I not only not only working with politicians. I have a lot of private clients as well from from. Um, uh, families to housewives to uh, small business owners so it's not only I'm not only working in this uh, 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 high level political field but um, it's 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 always very delicate and yes of course I'm analyzing carefully the clients before I'm accepting Um I learned in those 20 years first you cannot blame anybody by reading newspapers, so only because in German or Middle European newspaper a politician is seen as bad, it doesn't mean that he really is. Because what what people in Europe read and they think is reality is quite often very far away. But yes, of course, I I, I have clients' cases. I don't take it. Um, I for me. I always need a personal contact uh, online first before I accept anything. And then I I talk with the person, I see his or her intentions. I feel them as well, of course. I see their auras. And if I see and feel that something is not kosher, is not good, then I don't take it.
0: Okay, and I I love what you said. Uh, that's what 2020 definitely was an, an eye-opener. I knew that from before that, as you said, because we hear german swiss whatever european news about someone doesn't mean that's the way it is and uh, i had a lot of discussions with friends they just slammed me on the wall because i said do you really know that this is true what you read <laughs> and I, I just something in me tells me this is not the truth and i cannot pinpoint it they also said i'm just learning i'm 43 soon so i'm not 21 as you were when <laughs> My, my soul is waiting and i had um deborah king telling me like yeah some souls are just waiting long you're like a late runner mm-hmm. she didn't know how old i am mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm still learning a lot but sometimes i just have this feeling that you know so thank you for uh um yeah highlighting that one as well so but let's go into the, the creativity because we started with your book you know the in- intuition um, strategy Um, so when we go in creativity and innovation what kind of definition do you have as a psychic
1: well for me creativity is everything you bring out from within yourself so the definition for me is very simple it's bring out from what you have within yourself. And this is creativity. It can be something very new, a completely new innovation. It can be copying something, but any any way of action is create creativity.
0: So that's really nice. Creativity is from within you, uh, whatever you bring forth. Let's see. Do you... Yeah, you, you said you have your your powers uh you said your power was visualization and aura do you have any creative powers in you
1: um yes i mean i'm writing books i wrote nine books already some of them were bestsellers to write you need to be creative i i i I did documentaries, movie documentaries. Uh, One can be seen on the internet, on YouTube. It's called Ayahuasca, Journey to the Soul. So I traveled with cameras uh, in the jungle. I did a documentary, which was even in some cinemas in Switzerland about Ayahuasca. We were also traveling in the jungle of Ecuador and Bolivia. So, I mean, doing doing, uh, scripts for documentaries needs creativity. And uh, so yes, I would say I am creative. I like cooking. Cooking is also creative. Um, I consider myself creative, and I think uh, what I'm doing could not be possible without creativity. And also, when I invent new topics for my seminars, it's creative for the lectures. So yes, I consider myself creative.
0: Okay, that your powers are basically writing a book. Um, it's it's not. What are your books? Nine books you have. Are they stories or are they teaching books? Or yes, how, how-
1: well, there are. Um, t- t- they're all related to to my travelings, like travel experiences, plus um, related to my work, like um, about the power of intuition, like the one you mentioned, strategic intuition. Is actually not published yet, but it's a book I'm writing with a, a doctor. His name is Dr. Thomas Zweifel. Um, and uh, we write a book about how to integrate um, uh, intuition and strategic thinking. But other books I wrote are about uh, meditations, techniques to uh, the in develop the intuition to, uh, but also one is called uh, um, When Evil Calls, it's a a book in which one I studied the power of black magic in South American countries, why they do it, how you can protect yourself. So very often they're also social and culturally related to the places where I live and work, or as I said, with techniques and theories uh, of what I'm doing.
0: Okay, so it is kind of like storytelling combined with teachings.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. So also the people can then, I will add everything to the show notes at the end. <laughs> yes, so thank people you very not. much. You can, of course, go and download it, me included. Uh, <laughs> I have to see how I'll do it. If it's, uh, are, yeah, are the books with graphics or is it text mainly?
1: Some are with graphics, others are with only texts and in English, I have only one book. It can be found on on so far published on um, YouTube, uh, Amazon. Also on my website, if you go on my website, uh, www.martinsoller.com and then on the shop, there is a book, uh, Journey of a Spiritual Traveler. Um, this is in English actually, and in French, but all the other books are in German.
0: Okay. So you only write German, you didn't translate. Yes, okay.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay. I I just asked because uh for advent I ask people about books they read and how they read and you know some people use the Kindle only others are using physical books only mm. other people are reading on the computer screen
1: <laughs> or, My or books are published as ebooks and physical they can be received on both ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's also just to know if there's a lot of graphics perhaps it's better to have
1: like a paperback. Yes no, no, most of it it's text, okay, yeah,
0: super, so um going back to the creativity and and your your, your future book intuition um, where does intuition come from
1: intuition is is the, is is let's say intuition is the tool which connects you to your higher self, so your intuition is connecting yourself with your higher self. And at the same time, it's your intuition sending you signs or informations from universe or from the higher self. So within, intuition is basically a tool you have within yourself to get to information from within yourself or from outside.
0: OK, are you using the intuition for creativity purposes? Or yes,
1: I'm using very often my intuition to get inspiration for next creative steps.
0: OK, and um how can you now I normally ask my, my guests about creativity, innovation, how if there's any method, routine habits to actually get into. Let's start with the creative. If you have any habits or routines, methods to get into a creative state or to help be more creative?
1: Well, first, um, when I see and feel that there is a new creative project coming up, I plant it in my mind, like as a thought. Let's say I want to do a new video. So I think about the script, the idea, and the concept, and this I have in my mind. Now, it takes normally time to, to... Bring it out. sometimes two, three days. Um, I cannot force myself to become expressive with my creative visions or ideas, and I don't put myself under pressures as well. I know that it sometimes needs one day, Tuesday, sometimes three, four days until I receive the go. So first I plan the creative idea in my heart, in my brain, through my intuitive insights, through my intuitive inspirations. And then I think creative to see how to put it in, in practice. And then very, very carefully, I, I wait until I get the intuitive yes or green light to start.
0: Ah, oh, okay. So yeah, so you have, you work in your mind. Yes. And so that's like the upper chakras. And when you go through the heart down, so the heart, the intuition, when you get the green light, your favorite color, yeah. you, start I move getting, on? you start getting into the red zone where you are more physical and you start creating.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. So you can say, I re- first, I receive an intuitive insight about the creative project. I plant this intuitive insight in my heart and in my brain as thoughts. And then I think and analyze how I could do it at where and where I could do it. I observe how the thoughts are building up the concept. And at one point, uh, I feel that I now know exactly what I want to do and how I want to do it and where. And then I wait. I still wait until I feel, okay, now the right moment came to do it. Because in my experience, if I... Try to do it too early. Sometimes I go out and it starts raining. <laughs> then I know this was the wrong moment. On the other hand, if I do it intuitively, my intuition wouldn't send me out to film it when it's raining because it doesn't make sense. The, the, the light is not there and the the the, the, the surrounding doesn't work. So I, 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 I always work intuitively to see when to do what to make it happen and to manifest it. There is a moment for everything. There is a moment for receiving... An intuitive insight there is a moment to think about it there is a moment to start to build it and there is a moment to become active
0: wow yeah that that's that's super good uh, information here because you know i for well, the last weeks and i knew that from all these different youtube channels and channelers and also from you uh, the energies were very low and just stay put and I was hitting myself mentally so many times and getting so frustrated and angry because I couldn't finish the, the last podcast. I uploaded it only yesterday, even though I in, uh, interviewed in December, but I did not have the energy. I simply could not get myself doing it. And But then you get so frustrated. On the other hand, I can see you you have mastered that patience, as you say. That's one of your <laughs> adaptable skills you have. To wait for the green light when you know the intuition says go exactly so yeah i guess many people had that the last weeks or two months where it simply doesn't work right sometimes that's how it is and how is it now now you you explained the creativity and how is the intuition how can you practice that how can you learn to be more intuitive
1: meditations are a very good tool to get in touch with your intuition to learn about the chakras is very good to learn about the intuition because if you learn where your chakras are and how they work and um, you can also learn how to um, uh, work with them and how to build them up i would say meditation is the best meditation is the best to really um uh, Develop your intuition. And, and then a, a very good daily activity is really listen to this little voice you have inside of yourself, which gives you insights and inspirations and starting consciously to listen to it and to act with it. And by that, learning how it works.
0: Okay. And by that, again, train the muscle to get stronger. So the voice yes, gets
1: Exactly. Then we go oh. back to that example, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and I've been reading Eckhart Tolle and he also says, or was it Eckhart I don't know, remember that the inner voice is very very weak in the beginning and your mind is very strong it's like a megaphone against I don't know little bird yeah. talking is that your experience as well
1: that's exactly the same we talked about but I just said now with other words but that's exactly my experience as well yes and
0: how, the, the biggest obstacle for people to to
1: become intuitive what is it in your experience not to trust in themselves, and to be to be uh, too impatient. <laughs> okay,
0: so it's a it's a long process.
1: Yes, it's a long process. It's like learning a new language. To learn a new language, it takes a lot of time. Okay, yeah, I can see that.
0: And I and for creativity, what is the biggest obstacle you see there?
1: I would say that the mind. The mind is a, is a killer for your intuition, because if you have intuitive insight and your mind is always doubting and, and, and questioning, it blocks your intuition,
0: which then blocks the creativity.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: OK, super. Um, now for now, we have covered all that. It, it, it's awesome. For your book. You said it's coming out i remember you you had a kickstarter project for it or something a long time ago
1: yes we did a seminar with dr zweifel in zurich a lecture and and we did a kickstart when where people could send us questions the book should have been published last year but due due to corona and everything what happened Um, and shift of certain focus of of Dr. Zweifel's and mine, um, we postponed a little bit and we gave ourselves more time. We are not in a hurry. We are not in a rush. We do it intuitively. And this sometimes takes more time than you think it should. It will.
0: (laughs) So can you, do you have the outline of the book? So people get like impatience to wait for until it's out.
1: (laughs) Yes. The book is basically because Dr. Zweifel is coming from a very uh, scientific, uh, economical background. He was teaching at Columbia University. Um, he has very, very high profiling clients uh, who is interested about what he's doing. Just go on his website or follow his in- uh, LinkedIn. So he's coming from a very strategic direction, but he is very intuitive as well. I'm coming from a more intuitive side, um, but I'm also working through my work with politicians and high profiling uh, businessmen. I'm working a lot with strategies as well. So we realized that we are coming from two different directions, but somehow that there is a lot of common ground. And we realized that there is not really um, a lot of or almost no literature which covers this field, like what is intuition, where is it coming from, what is strategy, and where is it coming from, and how to bring those two um, aspects together to create success and positive outcomes, successful and positive outcomes.
0: Uh, how would it, will it be written, as uh, uh, Mr. Zweifel is more scientific? I know the scientific. Like literature can be very hard to read.
1: (laughs) No, it will not be hard at all because we write it together. And he has a very, very good way to write. When I say scientific, I mean more like from an economical scientific. scientific. So like very uh, good context, written language. And um, uh, but we write it together. so. it's it, it's not it's it will be easy to be read because uh, he writes very good he writes very nicely and he writes very interesting
0: okay so it will be similar to your former books
1: uh, it okay. will be different because i write it with him so it will be different um it's like if you if you if you if you if if you're a fashion designer and you have your own label and then you make a new line of fashion with a different fashion designer it will be something completely new
0: uh, i meant more from the point of um examples and practical lessons learned or,
1: or no no or there will things. also there will also be a lot of, we call it labs like laboratories there will be a lot of lab techniques so Uh, techniques the reader can do himself or herself to develop strategic intuition. So it will be also a practical book, not only a theoretical. There will be techniques we are sharing with the readers to develop their own intuition and to become more comfortable with with strategic thinking.
0: Okay. And this is the way I hear it. It's for everyone who wants to. Yes,
1: we really write it in a way it's for everybody. Okay. Anyone who
0: wants to be more intuitive and strategic. Okay. Yes. So it's not for these high
1: client, you know, no, no, business no, manager, no, no. whatever you are. No, <laughs> we are we specially write it so it's uh, it reaches a big big audience.
0: Awesome. Yes. So ad- advice. Did you do you remember a really good advice that you took, or you wished you would have taken it
1: earlier? Well, I think a very good advice is like really follow your inner self, trust in what you do. Um, Of course, when I look backwards, yes, there were situations I think it would have been better if I would have listened and acted more straightforward and not doubted too long or too much and not observing so long before acting and being more sometimes a little bit more uh, adventurous and just do when I feel the right moment is there. But uh, in my opinion, everything helps and is a learning process and we are humans. So we do mis- mistakes. Important is that we don't repeat them. Um, but I think I think uh, a good advice would really be listen to your inner self carefully and build a, build a, a good balance between rational thinking and intuitive action and then i think you have quite a good uh, mix between those both as two aspects beautiful
0: um um, yeah do you have any daily routines actually
1: I do my daily meditations when I wake up in the morning. I try to be out in nature every day. I try to do some sp- every, some kind of sport every second day. So, yes, there is some routine, like the meditation, like the being in nature, the eating healthy, trying to get enough sleep. Okay.
0: Yeah, and spe- these things you can do while traveling around the world as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. Now, Let's close down and um, before we close the show, do you have any call to action for the listeners, what they could do? I mean, there's a lot of little bits and pieces you already mentioned. Well,
1: I would like to inspire you to really meditate every day. Meditation is the best tool to connect to your inner self. Meditation doesn't only mean to sit down, close your eyes and listen some nice chants. But meditation means also to do everything you do always very consciously. Like when you go out in, in the forests, walk in the forest and enjoy the na- nature. Don't take your tablet or phone with you and make one call after the other and on- answer all your unanswered WhatsApp messages. Do whatever you do in the moment. When you cook, really focus on the food you ma- you cook, you cut when you walk, focus on the walk. When, you're with your, when you do sports, focus on the sport, focus on your muscle. Many people, when they do gym, they just watch on the TV. They get distracted. They don't listen to their body. When you, start, when you do sport and you focus on yourself, you start to listen to your body as well. And then you know much more what you really do. So it's, it's mainly about really do consciously what you do in each and every moment.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that uh, being locked away from the gym for two months now uh definitely has removed some meditation for me.
1: <laughs> yes, no, that is very this is very important. Yeah,
0: for me for me, I, I realize now, especially through 2020, 2019, that working out hard was kind of a meditation for me because I mm-hmm. love to lift very heavy and you cannot watch TV when you do that. You really have to focus on all the muscles. And for me, it was normal to go inside and feel all the different movements.
1: Uh, This is the meditation of it. Yes, very good. Very good, Oliver. Yeah. So, uh,
0: but now I try the pranayama.
1: (laughs) Also very good, yes.
0: But that's the monkey mind. That uh, it's hard. So we also talked a lot about books you write and books you were reading as a kid. Are there any books you would recommend for anyone it could also be several books it could also be like a series or whatever it is uh yeah to round up. well of
1: course of course i would recommend my own books for those who speak german and read german um because they're all very helpful and very interesting um and then um i like inspiring books i don't have it I guess it also depends a lot on the moment we are living in. For example, now with the whole uh, Corona issue and its and its um, and its influence, I think for now to read, for example, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World or George Orwell's 84 are two very inspiring and interesting books to to see a little bit where we might head to. And. Um, uh, I like to read books, um, inspiring books, um, quite often related to traveling to different countries, especially now, for example, with the lockdown, um, I I, I buy books of authors I might not have known before, but who are from different countries, just to at least get a little bit of the smell and the taste from different cultures through books. So, for me, books are a very strong reflection of what's going on within me and around me. And uh, this is also changing from moment to moment. And um, this is, it's hard to give names and say this or that. Yeah. Um, You know, I have a (laughs) a very easy and still a very powerful technique to get good books. What I sometimes do is I go in a bookstore. I just walk around, I look at the covers and suddenly I feel a book jumping on me or from far I see a book and I know this book might have been an interesting content for me. I go to the book, I read what it is about and wow, this is exactly what I was looking for. So sometimes we can even go to a bookstore intuitively, walk around, let ourselves guide and then the book is finding you.
0: Yeah, I've heard these stories, books falling on the head literally um
1: (laughs) for example
0: so i i do remember my time in basel uh, with the different bigger bookstores you know do not remember the names now we we had this issue before that we do not remember just going and strolling through and then um exactly i I mean that's how i was reading the game of thrones (laughs) before (laughs) the movie no one wants to read it and then It came on HBO. Everyone told me to watch it. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Yes. um, One question popped up because you mentioned traveling books from different counties to feel and smell now that you cannot travel. And you mentioned astro travel before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you able to visit other places around the planet energetically at the moment just to get a feel because you cannot travel as usual?
1: Yes, of course. There is a technique called remote viewing. You might have heard about it. And this is a technique I'm working with. And remote viewing is a technique which was developed by the American uh, counterintelligence of the army (laughs) and uh, Stanford University um, in California. And uh, this technique was basically developed for intuitive psychic espionage espionage and uh, I'm working with this technique myself sometimes for clients and sometimes also like now that I'm not able to travel so much I'm visiting places like for example Machu Picchu or traveling psychically into Italy to Paris just to get an idea of the smell of the taste of the energy of the vibration of the soul of Paris and by that at least to breathe a little bit the big world
0: yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Astro travel was the one I heard other people do. Yeah, it's similar.
1: You know, astro traveling and the remote viewing is quite similar. Yeah,
0: and I, I try at the moment lucid dreaming. So I don't know if how much that goes into the same realm. Well,
1: it's, 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 it's not exactly the same, but it's a, diff- it's a similar direction, yes.
0: Yeah, so that's beautiful. So you at least are not completely locked down. No. <laughs> <laughs> And you can still visit places. So you can tell me how our garden looks when you want to.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> I the flower. I smell the flowers.
0: <laughs> no, actually there are no flowers at the moment. It's frozen. We have um, unfortunately no snow because it's so cold, but it's it's nice. The kids love it. We have a little bit of snow for from the day when it snowed for one hour and um that's beautiful, but thank you, Martin, so much. I mean, I have so many more questions I could ask, but I want to be respectful of the time, also for the listeners. Um, and I'm looking forward to have other talks uh, and perhaps meet in <laughs> <I'll tell> or <you laughs> one of the yes, days.
1: Yes, who knows? So so yes then i i'm i'm sending you then then you might do some astral travelling here to visit me because i'm on Ibiza and we have flowers so if it's if at some point it's getting too cold for you and too gray, and you would like to have some 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 flowers and some, some nice weather, I'm inviting you to do some remote viewing on, or astral traveling to come to visit us here.
0: <laughs> I, I'm working on it. I, I practice. <laughs> um, I, it actually, this, this lucid dreaming it cause, causes me to have a little bit more disturbed sleep. I do not remember much more, but... Um, it's a little bit chaotic in my head at the moment, and yeah. Before before I forget that, how can people reach you? You mentioned your web page before, and
1: um... yes. Please feel feel free to go on my website www. martin m a r t i n zoller z o w l e r all together altogether.com or on my YouTube channel um, and and. And of course, also on my Facebook, on Instagram, my website is English and German. On my YouTube channel, you find videos in English, French, Spanish, and German. So all different languages, whatever you need is there. Um, um, Yeah, thank you, Oliver, for inviting me on your show. I'm wishing you and your family all the best. And of course, everybody in the audience as well. I wish you a good time. Please Stay healthy, stay positive and um, don 't lose faith and hope, and uh, I guess especially in times like those, meditating and if possible, being in nature is one of the best medicines to to really stay connected with yourself.
0: Awesome. I will do the same. See you then, and uh, people don 't forget to subscribe and uh, like this show and go and check out Martin own content. There's a lot to listen and read about. With that, see you next time.